0: You're listening to Revenue Vitals with Chris Walker.
1: What's up, everyone? We are back for a special episode of the Revenue Vitals podcast. We got Spencer, who was uh, proactive enough to shoot me a cold text message yesterday, looking for help on a specific topic. And I decided that we would slot them in, in the content recording for a live consulting session. So we've done these sometimes it's re- like, it's real practical and real deep. I think a lot of the listeners love this because it's like really tangible in real life and a different type of content that we put out. So with all that said, if you out there are like looking for some stuff, like maybe shoot me a DM or a text and we. Do this as well for you so no guarantees but wanted to throw that out there spencer what's up what's going on how do you think we can help today not a lot um did not expect this (laughs) so as a
0: seller who focuses on selling to marketing personas for my linkedin content should i focus on the demand creation aspect of educating buyers on problems that we solve for my company or should i do personal um tactics around how I sell basically
1: yeah I think there's a lot of different approaches and angles here I do believe in the thinking that you shouldn't build your personal brand around the company that you work for unless you plan on being with that company either because you're long-term incentivized or you're like a 10-year vet in the industry and you know you're going to be there for your whole career in which case it would make sense to start talking about marketing as a seller But for the main, like a director or an individual rep or someone like that, you're going to move around companies every 18 months to 36 months. Most likely you're going to change industries and personas over your career. So you do all this work for your podcast, talking about marketing for the next 18 months, and all of a sudden you decide to move on to your next opportunity. And now you have to sell the CFOs and you have to start over from scratch. And so I think there are a lot of rationales why just to not build your personal brand around the space that your company plays in, if it's not related to your own expertise, what are we trying to do when we, when we make content, we're trying to be authentically helpful in the things that we understand and the ways that we can help people, which for you, I'll give you a couple of examples of how you could blend this in, in real life. Like potentially a content pillar is how, as an individual seller, you work with your marketing team to get better results you're still talking from the sales perspective, but you're giving marketing a lot of it. You're basically working, it's interesting to think as whether you're a seller or a marketer or whether you identify that way, that we should be talking about generating revenue as a as a unit. And so I think that you can sort of think about how a, you as an individual seller, the things that you're de- doing or the things that your company is doing to be better aligned with marketing, to drive better outcomes and what outcomes those drove so people can learn from them. But I also think that being able to just like, be you and be in your own, like, space is the only way that this works long term, right? If I, like, didn't know what I was talking about in B2B marketing and revenue operations, like, I I wouldn't be able to do this for four years. If I wasn't passionate about it, I would have given up a long time ago. So I think that it has to be authentic to you as well, which can cl- include a lot of different mixed things. I've been, like, uh, talking a lot more about fitness and health as my career and my my I evolve as myself and so being able to have the flexibility to reach into those areas and think about the things that are most authentic to you I think is really important when it comes to a quote-unquote personal brand I don't necessarily jive with that term even I think that it's a it's a way for people to get to know like and trust you in the way that in the way that the world works today just like if you were doing networking in 1990, you went to the PTA conference and the little league games and all those places to network with the people in your town. This is just networking in 2023. And the beauty of it is that so many people know, like, and trust me, and they've never met me in person and people need to know about you and think that you're credible to ever consider working with you or reaching out to you or having a call with you or things like that. So I just think about it as a modern way to do, to do that. And I think as a seller, it creates a lot of advantages because most people don't do it well, right? Everyone's hitting up the LinkedIn DM and sending out 50 spam messages a day, thinking that they're personalizing it when they're not. The only real way to do personalization is to know that individual person. I did it today. A a CMO was supposed to be on the podcast later today. She sent me a message, a text message earlier this morning, and said, Hey, like this thing came up. I'm not going to be able to make the podcast. And then I gave her a hard time because her college football team lost their game by like 40 points over the weekend. And that's personalization. And you're not, (laughs) some AI bots not going to put that together for you. You actually have to be following that woman on Instagram where she posts about that stuff and you have to be able to see it and you need to be able to connect it. And so I think there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to quote unquote social selling and what it actually, what it actually means. And I think what the, what would be the best way to approach it today.
0: Well, that, that that's very helpful. So obviously, um, I could use resources within my company as well. So maybe our marketing team, some content that
1: we're putting out, their blog posts. Maybe ask questions about it. Go from you know, go to those places first. I like the idea of taking like company content that's made for your ICP, and then using your channel as a way to distribute it, but not just like taking the link and posting it and saying, Hey, check this out, like putting your own perspective in it and then sharing it. The challenge with some companies is that sales professionals don't want to share the marketing stuff because it's trash. So like having a good content strategy fuels a lot of like, if you had a great content with thought leaders and people loved it, it'd be a lot easier for the 50 reps or I don't know how many talking broadly, like all the reps of your company to start sharing that type of stuff if it was really great. Another thing that you can do, I think that as an individual seller, being networked with thought leaders is critical. It's weird. It's kind of meta because we're sort of doing it right now. But then as a seller, you're a salesperson. You just spent 20 minutes talking to me or you're a seller and you just started talking to the doctor that influences all the people, the key opinion leaders in your industry. And then when you do your outreach tomorrow, you could say, hey, CMO, of this company. I was talking to Chris Walker yesterday and we talked about this, this, and this. I thought some of it was interesting. You mind if I share some of it with you, you want to set up 15 minutes or you want like something like that using a, an interaction where you actually have value to deliver that you're basically, you, you source the information from me, you put in the, the work to get that. And then you go and take and deliver that to your target customer, I think is a good strategy as well. That's what I did in, in healthcare, right? I'm a marketer. I'm not going to be a expert researcher physician. I'm not, but I can go and meet with those people and I can understand their perspective and I can ask them smart questions and I can collect that information. And then I can go and give it to all the target customers who aren't putting in the work to go and listen to that person every week or every month. And I am able to provide a lot of value in that way. And people love, after six months in that industry, people love to meet with me because I knew all the key people and I knew their perspectives and I was helpful. So I think that's sort of the angle you want to take here when you are a seller that's not selling to sales or a marketer who's not marketing to marketers.
0: So without like a, a podcast or something of that nature, it, it's it needs to be more personal than just taking like a, a video that maybe you share, I watch it, maybe I have some thoughts, I post something that that's kind of you know impersonal. We're having a conversation here. Can share that. Uh, but as far as networking with the thought leaders, is it mostly going to be people I have personal relationships with, who I've worked with previously, um, or am no. I just going to be outreaching the cold, kind of like I
1: did with you? Yeah. So so the process, you're talking to your target customers every day, right? You're a seller. Um, yeah. During those times, you should pick up on patterns Are on what are the core things that these people aren't getting? that is preventing them from considering buying our solution. There's typically like core ideas and beliefs that people have that prevent them from considering your solution. In my example, in med tech, it was because, oh, there's not enough clinical data for this product, or, um, it's, there's a risk of, you know, some side effect that they think that it has or those types of things. And so I figured out what are the core objections or the places where people get stuck here. And then we had, clinical data and studies and all these things that addressed all those different things instead of me or our sales rep saying that what I did was I went out and I interviewed the people that did the studies that then they as a credible person talked about the data they collected and what they found that addresses the objections of those people and then you can use it proactively to your market not only when you're facing an objection you can say hey customer you know when I talk to CMOs, like a lot of people have been struggling to figure out what to do with attribution, most CMOs at companies of your size have moved to an influenced revenue model where what happens is you have no idea really what's working and what's not, cause it looks in the data, like everything's working. A lot of our customers struggle with that. I went out and talked to one expert in that and how, how they think about it. Here's a five minute segment of, of what we learned, or here's my write-up and my notes and my bullets about what I learned. I hope this is helpful for you. And then maybe just no ask. Right. It depends on the velocity of your sale. If it's a larger ACV, more complex buying process, you can play the long game a little bit more, but yeah, that's sort of how I would think about it.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's more enterprise sales So it's going to be a longer play. Um, as far as using LinkedIn for something that does have like a, a CTA on it, it, I mean, that's not ideal. Well, that's what I've, I think I've heard you talk about mostly is how, um,
1: LinkedIn's not the best place for that. It's, it's, uh, so Mm -hmm. there's like a phenomena where like most people that consume LinkedIn never leave the platform. So the links and all those, and LinkedIn's algorithms, de-incentivizing links and links and comments and a lot of different things. Why? Because when you leave the platform, LinkedIn doesn't make as much ad revenue. It's the same thing with every social media platform. So they want you to stay on the platform and the human behavior is typically to stay on the platform and consume the content natively. That's not to say that when I, you know, make a video and a hundred thousand people see it and I say, Hey, if you want to listen to the full podcast, here's the link to the podcast that hundreds of people don't click on that link and share it. So the, the link still works. It's acknowledging that a hundred thousand people will see the content and a hundred people are going to click the link. And so you can't try, you can't have all the value or all of the information or all the things you're trying to accomplish in the link. Cause you're only reaching 0.1% of the people that actually see it. Although you have to bring the value to the platform. And then extend larger value with the link where most companies provide no value in in the in the actual platform and then try and get you to go and view their case study on their website no one clicks on it so you just have to do you have to do more work in the feed i think when it, i mean that's that's a lot of information
0: honestly that's that's very helpful i i wanted to work on on doing this and actually putting in the effort and making the post and and, and driving the content that way um, so this this helped me put the, the right foot forward and knowing where to go with it. Yeah,
1: and you, and you really don't need to become like me for it to be successful, dude. Like when I started posting on LinkedIn, within a month, I had people reaching out to me wanting to do business with me. I had people inviting me onto their podcast after one month of posting on LinkedIn. Obviously, as you do it more and you get better at it, you can get exponential results with the same amount of effort, which is an amazing part of it but you don't need to have a hundred thousand followers or have some big podcast with 500 episodes to make this work for what you're trying to do to make it work, what you need to do is you need to be connected with the right people, connect with them, which is an auto bi-directional follow. That's what a connection is. So if they accept your connection request then they get in in your content stream, and if they're recently in the content stream, they'll see more of it is my finding. So you want to connect with those people. You can connect with, I think up to 30 people a day or somewhere in that limit, make sure that they're the right people. Ideally, they want to that you want to know that they're active on the platform. So I typically look through like, I don't use sales navigator for this necessarily, because you can get a lot of people that are dormant. So I look inside the feed who are liking posts. And then I go through the likes in the posts. And I invite the people that look relevant based on their headline. You're getting people into the audience. And then you're posting for visibility so that in a month, like people either like, wow, this guy's so smart, or at least they know who you are. They recognize your name. And then as that goes on the likelihood that when you send them a message, one, you're connected 2 they've seen your name, they've seen your posts, they like generally know who you are, the odds of you sending that message and having a value delivered message about how you can help them, that the likelihood that you're successful there goes way up. The easy example I give to a lot of people is like, I could send a cold DM to 10 SaaS CMOs right now and get nine meetings. It's not because my message is good. It's not because I had the right headline. It's because people know who I am. And an average person would go one for 10 or zero for 10. An SDR would probably go zero for 10 and I'll go nine for 10 on the same thing because I've built trust and credibility and people know who who I am and who my company is. So if you think about that long-term, whether you're using the, your sort of personal brand to get leverage, to get more money and work at a better job and sell bigger deals or get a promotion, whatever you want to do, it definitely helps for that. And it definitely goes with you in terms of people like knowing who you are and therefore being more likely to, you know, have a conversation with you, do business with you, hire you, things like that. It's like, we you think it's extra video that is is the better route for what I'm trying to accomplish here? I think it really depends on what you think your core strengths are. In reality, if you post video on LinkedIn, you also need to be a good writer because of how important the copy is to the success of the post if you notice mine like i'm posting three minute video but i'm writing 2600 characters that go with it most almost every day and so i think that video creates more trust and affinity and people feel like they know you because they can see you and things like that so i personally think that video is more effective and you can always take video and make it into text but you can't do it the other way around you can't make text into video necessarily or it's not that easy And so sometimes if I don't have, like I'm not inspired to create some like big writing post, I'll just paraphrase what I said in the video. I'll just rewrite what I said in the video into the post and it works great and it's kind of simple. And I think that I communicate better doing things like this. And lastly, like I don't have time to sit at my desk and try and like come up with something to write every day. So I come here for four hours a week. I do things like here with you. I do a live event, I join a couple podcasts as a guest and all of a sudden I have content for the next 2 weeks when I put 4 hours of effort in per week. So figuring out your like your ideal medium, I'll push you to video, but you really need to decide that for yourself because if you're if you're like insecure about the way that you look or you're not sure the way you talk, video will eventually not work for you. So really thinking about yourself and how that is going to play and then creating a regimented workflow with just like the success, if you want to do anything, you want to get into shape, you want to figure out how to ma- hit your quota, you want to figure out how to post on LinkedIn, you need a regimented workflow where there's blocked allocated time to completing well-defined specific tasks. So like every day from 7.30 to 8 a.m. on my calendar, Monday through Friday, LinkedIn post. I get there at 7.30, I choose the video, I write the copy and the post is out by 8.05 at the latest. And that's just how my workflow works. And it's just like going to the gym for me so having something like that that and i've been doing that since 2019 by the way like it's been blocked out and doing it because it's a core part of what i consider my job as a business leader and so having that regiment and then eventually you just build it in it's like going to the gym at 6 a.m every day is easy because i've done it every day for the past three years it's part of what i do now so i think that you sh- can look at it with fitness examples or how you sort of back into how you're going to hit your quota with activity metrics and then try and use that same thinking to how you produce LinkedIn content at whatever rate you want. I would recommend at least three times a week to start. If you're not doing three times a week, I think that you're, you're just not, you're not trying hard enough (laughs) and anyone should be able to be able to do that three times a week. I remember sometimes like I would have such a writer's block that like I couldn't, I couldn't, especially early on when I didn't have this framework of using video to create the post, which then inspire the post. So I would sit down there and try and think about what to write. And eventually I got stuck. So that was my evolved workflow was I I never create anything from scratch. I am repurposing content from other things that I would have done anyway. Okay. So it's it's things that you're
0: you're consuming,
1: conversations that you're having with
0: CMOs or some of your customers that's giving you idea for content or people reaching out. And then I mean, but ultimately I'm gonna have to start with things that I'm consuming from from different avenues or the conversations I have with my customers. Also I'm I'm starting a new role with a new company next week I'm, I'm very familiar with their go-to-market very similar to what i do currently um so it's ultimately learning the product and then sharing some ideas around the problems that we solve um and then how i'm approaching that as a seller so i can kill two birds with one stone because marketing and sales should go hand in hand it's both about
1: revenue totally yeah and i i i uh love to see the crossover here i don't think that people Truly understand what I mean when you in, operate like an all bound integrated revenue team that is trying to accomplish demand creation, demand capture, and demand conversion together as a unit. Where this is where the salespeople and the executives and why they would create do this stuff on LinkedIn. If, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. whenever I started selling to, to marketing personas, I was shocked at how siloed everything was. The departments operate so independently of one another and then it's unbelievable actually yeah it's uh I work with CROs too and they'll it's like who's fighting for leads or where did it come from attribution you know two years ago I didn't realize the nightmare that it essentially is currently so um I I, this is kind of exciting because I feel like I can provide a unique perspective being a salesperson and then also being um just a, a junkie on learning about marketing which is it's piqued my interest so much over the past few years.
1: Yeah. And if you, if you're able to stay really connected with your customers and prospective customers, like almost everything that I say, I'm not guessing, like I know it because 20 CMOs have told me it, or I've seen it in Salesforce data across a lot of different companies. And so like when I am talking about stuff and why it resonates with a lot of people, is because I'm in there there actually seeing it. I'm not manufacturing this idea. I'm just communicating back the patterns that I've seen in real life. And so people miss that in a content strategy is that the real differentiator in a content strategy is how you get the insights, how you form the ideas and the perspective and the data that you use. People think it's about how do I show up and like write my post every 30 minutes so I can get the most likes actually my first video linkedin content was me doing this someone like you would send me a message say i need help with this i'd say let's do 15 minute call we did it and then i had a camera here and that would end up being the linkedin content and so i i wasn't guessing what people wanted to know i was sourcing the exact questions that people wanted answered from the people themselves and so figuring out how to get that loop specifically from your target customer base ideally In the in the sphere of where your product fits in, like that area, I think would be a cool. There's a very select amount of sellers that are very good at this, and the ones that are are you know who you know all of them. So, all right, man, I got to jump on to another one. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for reaching out. This was fun. I love doing this to be able to you know help you out. I hope it was inspiring. I hope it uh, helped you sort of get what you needed. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, dude. Keep it up. All right. Let me know how it goes in the DM. All right. Talk soon.